to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair and it's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. I appreciate very much having this platform to rant and rave about the things that I feel about when it comes to health, nutrition, fitness, health care, and so on. Thank you so much for giving me your ear. You can reach us if you have questions about anything on the show at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. No matter where you are, if you're in within the sound of my voice, we will help you at that phone number, 801-292-6662. Okay, so this week I have to make up for lost time. Last week, I did a show that I probably could have gone almost two hours, but I only have this one hour to work with. And so I, uh, well, I abruptly had to bring it to a halt when I ran out of time. I was talking about your medicine cabinet, uh, the things in your medicine cabinet that may be harming you more than you think and natural alternatives that you can look to instead. So I'm going to take that up in the second half of the show. That will be the content. I think it'll be really interesting. I had a lot of positive feedback on last week's show. I got a bunch of more items to bring to you this week. But of course, as usual, I uh, browsed through the news and there's no shortage of things to rant about. So it is time to get some things off my chest with the morning rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. Okay, so Zoloft, you may have heard of it. It's one of America's most popular antidepressants and it's now in short supply because of the psychological toll of the pandemic, according to Bloomberg. The pandemic has taken a psychological toll on many Americans, and recent Census Bureau data showed a third of Americans are experiencing symptoms of anxiety and depression, which is almost double the amount of Americans reporting these symptoms in 2014. Now the FDA says that sertraline, sold under the brand name Zoloft, is becoming a rare commodity. According to Bloomberg, record-setting 4.9 million people got Zoloft prescriptions in March, the most ever in the United States, and that was a 12% increase from last year. The prescription-only medication is used to treat depression, panic disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and a number of other mental illnesses. It works by increasing the amount of serotonin, a chemical that works as a natural mood stabilizer that goes to the brain. 
Now, a couple more statistics having to do with this. More than half of Americans, in fact, quite a bit more than half, 61% say they're experiencing high levels of stress because of the pandemic. And 45% say they feel down, depressed, or hopeless. According to a survey of 4,149 adults from all 50 states and Washington, D.C., conducted by the Chapman University in California. Those are some pretty staggering numbers. 61% say high levels of stress because of the pandemic, 45% depressed or hopeless. That That's not good. So there's a perfect storm happening here. We have a pandemic which has been mishandled by the government in ways that I couldn't have possibly imagined prior to this. And it's created a tremendous amount of stress, anxiety, and depression uh, when when this whole thing first started. And if you want to thumb back about 12 episodes or so uh, on the podcast, you'll hear me talk about deaths of despair and the real concern I had above and beyond any deaths that might happen from the virus itself. And this is some sort of disgusting icing on that horrible cake, uh, this Zoloft thing. And let me explain why. According to Mental Health Today, getting off a of Zoloft is no picnic. If you do not know what symptoms to expect, they say, you may catch, they may catch you off guard and your entire reality may be shook up. For many people, SSRI withdrawal is among the most difficult emotional experiences they will ever have to go through in their lives. Uh, the writer said, for me personally, my withdrawal from Paxil was arguably the toughest thing I've ever experienced. It can be very difficult to deal with the increased suicidal thoughts, dizziness, fatigue, and all of the withdrawal symptoms. Withdrawal may push you to your mental limits. Most people would describe it as experiencing hell on earth. So they go through and list some of the uh, things that you need to know about it. And I'll kind of breeze through these because there's some more important details I want to share. But the time span, how long did you take Zoloft? That makes a big difference. If it was a few months just to get over a depressive bout, or if you've been taking it for years to treat major depression. In general, it is assumed that the longer you take a certain medication, the more difficult it is uh, going to be with, to withdraw from it. The shorter duration you took Zoloft, the easier, in theory, it would be to withdraw from. Now, my experience is uh, not super deep in this category, but I've talked to many, many people over the years who have pulled themselves off of these drugs, whether they did it the right way by uh, tapering and working with their doctor or their pharmacist, or they just went cold turkey. <sighs> I've seen some pretty and heard some pretty ugly stories. Uh, it does vary from person to person. The amount of milligrams you were using, using makes a big difference. Uh, also, there's some physiological stuff. Uh, individual physiology plays a role in determining how fast you recover from withdrawal. If you are pretty resistant to withdrawals from medications, you may not experience many symptoms at all. For some people, the withdrawal process is pretty easy and simple. For other people, the entire process can be a total nightmare. Other individual factors that play a role include environment, social support, diet, and exercise. And of course, they recommend definitely that you withdraw from it very, very slowly. Now, here's the thing, and this is my my great fear with this article uh, that Bloomberg posted about the shortage. What if you're the person who takes your last Zoloft pill, heads over to the pharmacy and is told, I can't get you any more Zoloft? Well, it's not as easy as just saying, oh, okay, well, then give me Paxil or Prozac. For one thing, those drugs are all different but the same, and they all respond differently in different people's brains, and you can't just jump from one to the other. 
And on the flip side, if you are forced to go cold turkey and you're in the middle of this pandemic, you've lost your job or shut your business or whatever it is that's stressing you out to even higher degrees than what is typical uh, based on the numbers, then you have to compound the horrors of what's happening in life right now with the horror of getting off of Zoloft, not by your own decision. And that is a bad deal. Now, if you are If you have Zoloft, if you are currently on Zoloft and you have a week or two or three week supply or whatever you've got on hand, my recommendation, and I'm not your doctor, but I would be going to talk to your pharmacy, find out if they have it and if they foresee that they will uh, be having any issues with it. And if there is a concern that they will not be able to get it, then I would start uh, very seriously considering weaning myself off of it uh, so that you can at least get to the point where you're using maybe half as much spreading out your supply and not having to go cold turkey if there is a time where you have to get off of it uh, completely. Now, again, I'm not your doctor. That's not a medical recommendation. It's just something that makes logical sense to me. I would absolutely talk to your pharmacist about this because my experience has been pharmacists tend to know more about drugs than doctors do, especially when it comes to side effects and things like that. So what are some of the side effects that occur when someone uh, is trying to get off of something like Zoloft? Well, anger is one. Some people experience extreme anger and or rage at very minor things. Uh, Little things can set you off and during the withdrawal, you may have a short fuse. Uh, Some people get so angry they feel they cannot function. Anxiety, oh, fantastic, the very thing we're trying to fight, right? Since Zoloft is known to help with both anxiety and depression, coming off it may increase anxiety to an extreme Brain zaps. How do you like this one? This is a beauty. Brain zaps. Some people experience a phenomenon known as brain zaps, and they feel like they are being electrically shocked or zapped in the brain by an electrical current. These may last a while, but they will eventually subside as your brain readjusts itself to functioning without the drug. Confusion. Cramps. It's very, very common to get cramps. Crying spells. Decreased appetite. Uh, Depression, of course. Uh, Depersonalization. This one's an interesting one. It's common to feel unlike yourself and or depersonalized. You may wonder if you are ever going to feel like your normal self again. Depersonalization may make you feel numb, like a zombie or like an alien has taken over your body. This is just your brain chemistry trying to adapt itself to the withdrawal. Dizziness, fatigue, flu-like symptoms. Wonderful. So then you may actually think, what, you've got COVID or something like that. Headaches, insomnia, irritability, memory loss, mood swings, panic attacks, poor concentration, sleepiness, suicidal thoughts, and weakness. These are all possible side effects of the withdrawal of Zoloft. These are not small things to be trifled with. So again, if you are someone who is on Zoloft or you love someone who is on Zoloft and you are concerned, I would definitely look in and find out, look into it and find out if your supply is secure and if it isn't, what you should be doing to uh, protect yourself from this hardcore uh, cold turkey withdrawal that uh, may actually be thrust upon you according to what we're reading here. 
Now, there is no clear-cut answer, they say, to how long Zoloft withdrawal is going to last. The drug itself will be out of your body in a relatively short order, about 11 to 12 days, they say, but one of the metabolites of the drug can take as long as 31 days to get out, and most people have a readjustment period of at least 90 days, and that is substantial. There's just all kinds of issues with this. It's it's really, it's kind of terrifying stuff to say the least. So we have a shortage because of uh, supply issues and demand issues based on the influx of depression and anxiety caused by the lockdowns and the coronavirus. Now, people who really need this stuff, and and of course, I'm not a big fan of Zoloft and would do everything I could to stay off of it in the first place, but I understand if you're on it and it feels, and you feel as if it is helping you, then you are, you're in a tough position right now. And uh, it's, this these drugs, these ones that Play in the brain, for lack of a better term. The psychoactive drugs are very, very scary and things that you do not want to trifle with. I've, I've met too many people who've really struggled with this to uh, know that it's, it's not just a small subset of the people that deal with this stuff. So I'm bringing this to you as a bit of news for anybody who knows who's on Zoloft or knows someone who's on Zoloft so that you can prepare yourselves and try and figure out what you can do. But to the greater listening public out there, I want to make sure that people are hearing that these drugs are not drugs that we just willy-nilly kind of go on and off of. They do have major side effects while you're on them, going on them, getting off of them, adjusting doses of them, adding other drugs to them, and so on. Now, I don't often agree with this guy. His name's Michael Moore. You probably know who he is. Big guy that does a lot of documentaries. And his documentaries are very, uh, I would say, uh, pretty hard on the left side of the political spectrum. I don't consider myself very hard on the right or the left. I'm uh, pretty much down the middle in most most ways. But I really try not to discount anything anybody says if I feel like it has merit, even if in the past I've disagreed with them. Well, this guy, Michael Moore, he is spot on right here. I'm going to play a clip that's on YouTube, and I've already posted it to my Facebook page if you want to listen to it or share it. But this is the clip that Michael Moore posted, or that's been posted on YouTube from an interview after he did the research to complete the film that he did, the documentary called Bowling for Columbine, about the Columbine shooting. In Bowling for Columbine, uh, we never really came up with the answer in terms of why this happened. I think we did a good job of exposing all the reasons that were given were a bunch of BS. You know, Marilyn Manson caused them to do it. This, this, or that caused them to do it. And none of it really made any sense. That's why I believe there should be an investigation in terms of what pharmaceuticals, prescribed pharmaceuticals, these kids were on. And, and perhaps uh, parents, it would have a shocking, um, it would just would be shocking, I think, to the millions of parents who prescribed this for their kids if they if it was finally explained to them, if this is the case, that this perhaps occurred for no other reason other than because of these prescriptions. Imagine what that would do. Imagine how people would totally rethink things.
grasping for every little straw they can to explain why something like Columbine happens, when in fact it may be nothing more than this. How else do you explain two otherwise decent kids, very smart, no history of violence to other kids in the school? Why them? Why did this happen? It's an extremely legitimate question to pose, and it demands uh, an investigation. The Eli Lilly Corporation, a pharmaceutical company, for uh, nearly 15 years covered up their own internal investigation that showed that anyone on Prozac uh, is 12 times more likely to attempt suicide than those using other antidepressants, not 12 times more than the average population, 12 times more than those already on other antidepressants. This is a criminal act. And I want to know why these criminals are still walking the streets. So yes, these drugs aren't just about you and me and how they affect us and our family members. It can be about the whole community. There is massive evidence that these drugs literally help people pull the trigger on themselves and on others. And I've talked about this before, but it needs to be talked about again. Let's go into this. The Citizens Commission on Human Rights. Fact. Despite 27 international drug regulatory warnings on psychiatric drugs citing effects of mania, hostility, violence, and even homicidal ideation, and dozens of high-profile shootings, killings, uh, or sorry, shootings and killings tied to psychiatric drug use, there has yet to be a federal investigation on the link between psychiatric drugs and acts of senseless violence. Why do you think that is? Oh, maybe it's the drug lobby. That would be my guess. Fact, at least 36 school shootings and or school-related acts of violence have been committed by those taking or withdrawing from psychiatric drugs, resulting in 172 wounded and 80 killed. In other school shootings, information about the drug use was um, never released and made public, neither confirming or refuting if they were under the influence of prescribed drugs. Fact number three, school shootings are not the only mass killings tied to psychiatric drug use. There are 42 other acts of senseless violence committed by individuals taking or withdrawing from psychiatric drugs, resulting in an additional 384 dead and 754 wounded. Fact, it took months for the release of information showing that police had found psychiatric drugs in the apartment of Aurora, Colorado movie theater shooter James Holmes, including the anti-anxiety drug cl clonazepam and the antidepressant sertraline, the one we're talking about now, also known as Zoloft. And fact, between 2004 and 2012, there have been 14,773 reports to the U.S. FDA's MedWatch system on psychiatric drugs causing violent side effects, including 1,531 cases of homicidal ideation or homicide, 3,287 cases of mania, and 8,219 cases of aggression. Note, the FDA estimates that less than 1% of all serious events are ever reported to it, 
so the actual number of side effects occurring are most certainly higher. And those numbers aren't small to begin with. If we multiply them by 100, that is massive, massive damage from mania, homicidal thoughts, and homicide itself, and uh, cases of aggression. So now, what does this all boil down to with this COVID stress, COVID anxiety, COVID depression, and so on and so forth? Now we've been locked down and told to shelter in place. We know that vitamin D is critical to a vital immune system and that sunshine is the only non-supplemental source of this vital hormone, and yet we've been told to hide in our basements, so to speak. And to a large degree, people are. Do you remember the meme that went around on social media a couple months ago say, I finished saying I finished Netflix? You know, it's a joke, it's funny, but it's rooted in truth, right? People watching a tremendous amount of TV and movies in their homes because, well, they're either unemployed or they're bored and can't go out and do anything. There's no social life. None of the restaurants were open and so on and so forth. And I can't imagine anything less mentally or physically healthy than sitting on your butt watching Hollywood while drinking more alcohol because more alcohol has been consumed during this pandemic than ever before. And on top of that, getting no vitamin D and probably very little physical fitness. So we have that. Sheltering in place and hearing day after day that we are all going to die is not good for your mental health. Shutting down your business or losing your job is not good for your mental health. Fear is not good for your mental or physical health. Our government and our medical community should be absolutely ashamed and certainly They've lost what little credibility they once had with me. Now, when I say medical community, I do want to step back just a minute. I mean the powers that be, the people at the CDC, the people at the World Health Organization, Dr. Fallacy, yeah, Fauci, Fauci, that's it. Those guys should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. Now, I have bravo and a big hand to the doctors and nurses who have spoken out about all this garbage that's going on. There have been many very, very uh, bold, courageous, I would say, people within the system speaking out and saying, hey, this is a bunch of baloney. Now, to make sure you understand where I'm coming from, I'm not denying that, that there's a virus out there. I'm not denying that people are dying from a virus. I am denying that what, or denying is probably the wrong word, but refuting, I guess, the demands that were placed upon us by the government and by medical so-called experts that I believe have caused far more disruption to our lives, to our health, and even death, including the worst forms of death in my book, Homicide and Suicide, because of this virus. So these things are terrible for your your mental health. They're terrible for your physical health. And when the whole COVID madness started, as I mentioned before, I talked about the deaths of the spare. This is what I was talking about. The ripple effect of all of this is far from over. It is time that we recognize that even if, and that's a gigantic if, the government has our best interest at heart. They are clearly incompetent, and to a large degree, that incompetence comes from listening to the wrong experts. 
experts who only know about drugs and are heavily influenced by the pharmaceutical lobby. With all of the increases in domestic violence, the depression-like unemployment numbers, the 10 and even 20 times increase in suicide hotline calls, the dramatic increase in actual completed suicide being reported, and perhaps the saddest of all consequences, the increase in children reporting anxiety and depression since the lockdown. Now we get to add this to the list, antidepressant shortages that almost certainly will lead to even more suicide and potentially even worse. So that's your rant for today. I, I'm going to come back with kind of a part two uh, to help you figure out how to naturally help balance mood, depression, anxiety if you're concerned, uh, whether you're on an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety drug or not, whether you're considering taking one or not. I am 100% sure you know somebody and love somebody who is on one or has considered being on them and might be looking for an alternative. So we'll talk about those things next. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair. I'll be right back on Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns, naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Okay, what to do if you are currently experiencing anxiety and depression? That's what I'm going to talk about. Welcome back to Vitality Radio on the Vitality Radio podcast. Okay, so before the break, I talked about Zoloft shortages. And I want to now offer you some natural things that you can do to bring balance in times of stress and anxiety. And uh, we've talked, I had a great interview with Dr. Michael Lewis maybe five or six weeks ago now, something like that. You can find it uh, if you look it up at the podcast. And we got into some detail. I'm going to give you a short uh, version of that right now, but you can go back and listen to more if you'd like. And then I'm going to jump into the medicine cabinet uh, like I promised at the beginning of the show. Okay, CBD. Now, I might sound like a broken record talking about CBD, and I understand you've heard a lot. You've seen signs, 
And it might be confusing or maybe even concerning that everybody and their mother seems to be selling CBD now. Smoke shops and vape shops and candy shops and gas stations are selling CBD. That would, to me, as a consumer, if I didn't know any better, raise some major red flags because this is an herb that is relatively new. I mean, obviously, the hemp plant's been around forever, but in terms of being on the market and being legal uh, because of its affiliation with marijuana, it has been, it's a new thing. And unfortunately, there are a lot of companies out there trying to take advantage of that and getting people to buy what may or may not be very good quality stuff. What I will tell you, though, is in all the years that I've done this and as a as an adult uh, focused on health and nutrition, that's almost 30 years now, longer if you count my childhood years. But regardless, I've been doing this a long time. I've never seen anything that routinely works better than CBD when it comes to anxiety. It is phenomenal. A lot of people report that it helps with depression as well. Uh, We've had more, I would say, kind of hit miss uh, with that, but there's definitely people using it for that. It is also fantastic for inflammation and pain. It is truly a wonderful, wonderful herb. And if you're concerned, it is legal in I think every state now, just about, there are a couple of holdouts. Uh, Federally, it's legal now and certainly legal in Utah. But CBD is fantastic. I highly recommend it if you're dealing with uh, anxiety, depression issues. It's certainly worth a try. When we are out of balance, which most of us are more so than, than usual through all this craziness that's been going on, the endocannabinoid system, part of our human central nervous system, uh, gets out of balance. And our body produces endocannabinoids. CBD are a group of uh, phytocannabinoids, and phytocannabinoids plug into the same receptors as the endocannabinoids do. As such, they help with balancing the central nervous system, and that can make a big difference in how you feel. Another one, uh, I'm going to give you three that are critical, and when I say critical, I mean these are things that you have to have anyway to function correctly. Omega-3. Omega-3 is critical for proper brain health. It is critical for the nervous system. It is critical for inflammatory pathways to be calmed down. It is critical for the cardiovascular system. It is a necessary element. It is mostly uh, available in fish and fish oil, but you can get it in things like flax seed, hemp seed actually, as well as chia seeds, things like that. And of course, you can get it in a supplement form. Omega-3 at two to 3,000 milligrams daily is what I recommend regardless of whether you're dealing with symptoms and you just want optimal health. It's one of my vital five and I truly consider it vital to your health. But it's a big deal if you're dealing with mental uh, illness issues. I think it's absolutely critical. So two to 3,000 milligrams a day. Oh, and on CBD, I recommend usually 15 to 30 milligrams for most people. If you're worried about the quality of omega-3, you should be. There are some really cruddy ones out there. Mostly the big box stores are selling the, the bad stuff. There are a lot of great omega-3s out there, plenty of them. Generally speaking, health food stores are going to be your best source for those. Uh, we carry a couple of very high potency ones, so you only have to take a couple of capsules a 
day, whereas typically a regular fish oil capsule, you would need to take about seven to 10 daily to get to that two to 3,000 milligrams of uh, omega-3. So that's important to understand too. If you have questions, of course, call us at 801-292-6662. The next critical nutrient, and I've also done a show on this, actually a couple, magnesium. When we are under stress, our magnesium burn rate is substantially higher. Magnesium is the mineral that allows our bodies, our muscle, all of the tissues in our body to relax, to calm down. And that makes a big difference in the mind as well as the body. It is a critical nutrient and I highly recommend either magnesium glycinate if you're going to do it orally or a foot bath of magnesium chloride is also a fantastic way to do it. And vitamin D. Yes, vitamin D is available in a supplement. And yes, I would absolutely take it if you're not getting enough sunshine. But if you can get out in the sun, get out in the sun. It is the best way to get vitamin D. Remember to use a natural sunblock and give yourself 20 or 30 minutes of sun exposure each day before you apply that sunblock. Natural sunblock with either titanium dioxide or zinc oxide will work immediately once it's applied. You don't have to wait for 30 minutes like the chemical ones that cause all kinds of bad things for you anyway. And that allows you to get your vitamin D and not get the sunburn. It's like having your cake and eating it too. And then two things that are not nutrients but that are very useful for stress and anxiety. If you're dealing with a lot of mental racing, I love L-theanine. It was originally isolated from green tea, uh, but now it is sold in chewable tablets. There's a brand called Sun Theanine that's fantastic. There's a product called Nightburn uh, that does really well, a product called 10 Days of Sunshine, another one called Anxiety Free. These all have full doses of L-theanine in them and are all excellent for stress, anxiety, emotional imbalance, things like that. And then sensory ashwagandha. Right now, we are in fight or flight mode as a community, I believe. Everybody is trying to figure out what's the next thing. You know, first it was the virus, then it was the lockdowns, then it was the potential for a vaccine for the virus, which could be more dangerous than the virus, according to some experts. And then it was Black Lives Matter, rallies, protests, and rioting and looting uh, after George Floyd uh, was killed. We have all of this stuff going on, and I think a lot of people are like just clinched up, wondering what's next. I know I am one of the most low-stress dudes you'll ever meet, and I'm still wondering, you know, what's the next shoe to drop? And so when we're in that mode, sensoril is a form of ashwagandha that helps to reduce cortisol, which is that big fight or flight hormone, by about 20% or sorry, 26% in the blood. It is fantastic stuff. I absolutely love it. It's also found in some of those other formulas that I mentioned, but you can get it on its own as well. Ashwagandha and theanine, two of my favorite non required nutrients. Uh, these are things you don't have to have, but that are extremely useful in times of stress, both mental and physical. So if you're worried about those things and you're trying to stay off of drugs form, those are some options. I'm going to cut to one more quick break. When I come back, I'm going to be talking about your medicine cabinet. And I'm going to tell you what uh, is in there that probably ought not to be and what I recommend to replace it with. Thank you for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and we'll be back on Vitality Radio. During this COVID-19 challenge, 
Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful now offers curbside pickup. Just call 801-292-6662. We will take your order by phone and have it ready when you get to our parking lot. We can also ship product to most of Utah next day. Give us a call at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Thank you. Welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm your host. My name is Jared St. Clair. It's good to be with you again on the Vitality Radio Show and the Vitality Radio Podcast. I'm going to mention again, it is a podcast now. Please find it and subscribe if you'd like to get more information. One thing I'm going to start doing, and it could happen as soon as the next episode, is I run out of time a lot. And I'll be very interested, actually, to hear your opinion. I would love for you to call Vitality at 801-292-6662 and give us your opinion or send us an email, info at vitalitynutrition.net is how you can reach us. Either of those things or uh, jump on Facebook, facebook.com slash vitalityradio, or you can even personally uh, friend me on Facebook, Jared St. Clair on Facebook. However you want to interact, I'm pretty happy to do it no matter what. But the thing that I would like to hear is, do you like this idea? Do you like this idea? Because I run out of time often on the show. And because we're a radio show and not just a podcast, I have 53 minutes about of recording time. And at 53 minutes, I got to cut it off. And my producers at 1280 The Zone and 97.5 The Zone will tell you that I don't always cut it off right at 53. And that's probably pretty annoying to them. And I apologize. I apologize, Eric. Uh, And the rest of you, Eric is usually Eric. But anyway, regardless, here's the thing. I want to start doing the second part, the extras that I left off. Today is a perfect example where I've got a bunch of medicine cabinet stuff left from last week that I couldn't finish. What if I were to give you an extra 15 or 20 or 30 minutes on a bonus podcast. You'd have to get it through the podcast because I don't have that time on the radio, but I would be able to go deeper into some of these topics. And uh, I don't know how often it'll happen, once or twice a month, maybe three times a month, depending on how verbose I feel. But let me know if you think that would be uh, useful rather than me sort of wrapping things up quickly at the end and leaving some things undone. Would you like me to finish it up on the podcast as a bonus episode? If you're interested in that, I would love to hear from you either, again, info at vitalitynutrition.net or call us 801-292-6662 and just tell whoever's there, yeah, I'm in favor of that or no, I do not need to hear anything else from Jared. You can also catch me on Facebook, facebook.com slash vitalityradio and message me there. So anyway, we are continuing and I'm going to tell you about, well, I'm going to tell you about a, a message I did get. I got an email from a listener. And I very much appreciate it. I am 100% open to letters and emails and phone calls that say, Jared, you are a genius. I absolutely love you. Everything you say, everything you say is gospel to me. I love that. I'm saying that a little bit in jest. Nobody really ever says that, but (laughs) you get the point. I'm all about the positivity. However, I'm also about uh, a little constructive critique. I can go with that. Now, negativity, you know, just coming out and bashing me, that doesn't excite me too much. But this gentleman was very kind. And he basically said, hey, man, I've, uh, I listened to the show 
And I like the show. Thank you. However, I have to disagree with you a little bit on the fluoride thing. Now, if you didn't hear last week's show, you got to go up on the podcast and listen to it because it's really going to be about 60% of this topic was discussed last week. But I talked about fluoride. I am not a fan of fluoride in the water in particular. Now, if you want it in your toothpaste, good, go for it. You want it in your mouthwash, that's up to you. You want it in a tablet that you're going to take, go for it. Any of that stuff is fine because that's personal choice. You can have that choice to make. I have researched fluoride quite a bit over the years. My dad, I mentioned him on last week's show. He's kind of a, uh, what's the word, kind of a rebel uh, in some ways. And uh, he was into nutrition and health before it was cool. Anyway, he uh, taught me young that uh, fluoride was probably not that good for me. And he and I both uh, helped fight against fluoridation of the water uh, here in Davis County, where we live, for a long time. And eventually we lost, and now there's fluoride in the Davis County water. Now, philosophically, I'm not okay with this because fluoride is a form of medicine. It is a chemical. It's technically a mineral, but minerals are also medicines. Uh, In the case of many different uh, minerals, we even have prescription drugs that are minerals. So we have to look at it like a medicine, whether it's natural or, or mineral or synthetic. I don't think anything should be put in the water supply. I've mentioned on many occasions that almost everybody's deficient in magnesium. Almost everybody's deficient in vitamin D. Most people could use more vitamin C. I wouldn't want any of that in the water because I just don't think that anybody should be compelled to put anything that they don't want in their body in their body. And we all need water. Now, I get well water from Centerville because I don't want the fluoride and I want the chlorine. I don't want all that crap. So I get well water and I bring it home and that's what I drink. Fluoride is tough, though, because I do shower in a shower that has fluoride water in it and chlorine water, and I bathe in it, and I often cook with it, and I certainly clean with it, and a lot of people still drink water from the tap. Many people filter their water, but most filters won't take fluoride out. So I have a problem with it philosophically, whether or not fluoride is good for you. Mm, There's a debate out there, but I promised this gentleman that I would dig deeper into it, research it even more, and bring an episode about fluoride specifically. That might only be a podcast or it might be on the radio. I haven't decided yet. It kind of depends on how much time I want to dedicate to it once I've done more research. But all of that is said to say a couple of things. A, I welcome the feedback. Negative or positive, I want to hear it all. Thank you for that. B, I will listen to the feedback and I will do my best to address your questions on the air and if it makes if it makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense to address them on the air, I'm happy to address them through email or phone or whatever else. And then C on that is that I will dig deeper for you if you want me to. If you want me to dig into another topic a little deeper, if you think I missed something or I didn't elaborate enough or whatever, I am happy to try and go deeper for you. I think it's important. My whole plan with Vitality Radio from the very beginning was shed light on things that are hidden in media, in medicine, in nutrition. I want to bring awareness to things that I believe need awareness. So that's that. Now, Coming off of fluoride, I am a big proponent of natural toothpaste that doesn't contain it. There are some natural toothpastes that do still contain fluoride. 
And again, if you want it in your toothpaste, that's available. Get a natural one. Tom's makes a pretty good one. I don't love the Tom's company as much as I used to, but they still make a pretty good toothpaste that has fluoride in it. I don't carry it because I don't like it. But if you want a natural toothpaste, that's an option. There are a few other good options as well. But when you're looking at your toothpaste, I would make sure it has xylitol in it. A study among Montreal children showed that children who chewed xylitol gum had significantly lower caries uh, progression after 24 months than those who did not use gum. These children exhibited a significantly higher amount of reversals of carious lesions than the control group, suggesting that remineralization has occurred. That's really impressive. In other words, things that were going to be cavities got better. In a long-term study, it was confirmed that by using xylitol chewing gums, caries risk can be reduced by 59%, and the optimum time for introducing the chewing gum for caries prevention is at least one year prior to the eruption of permanent teeth. So there you go. That's uh, very, very cool information that uh, gives you an excuse to give your kids uh, chewing gum, but make sure it's xylitol gum and make sure it's all natural. They're a little tough to find still outside of health food stores. We carry a wide variety of them at Vitality, but you can find them around. Trader Joe's sells them. There's some other places like that that do as well. But I definitely recommend the gum and I recommend the mouthwash with xylitol is excellent as well as the toothpaste. The more the better up to some degree because the studies do show it takes a couple of grams of xylitol to be very effective. And uh, there's only about a gram in one piece of gum, just to give you an example. Now, there are dozens of other studies, and all of them show excellent results with both cavities and plaque reduction. Xylitol also tastes great, so it's a perfect additive to gum, toothpaste, and to replace all the garbage chemicals they use in the unnatural toothpaste, like what we've talked about before. We talked about Crest last week and some of the crap that's in it. I also love toothpaste with hydrogen peroxide in it. Charcoal toothpaste is awesome if you want to go for a natural whitening effect. Hydrogen peroxide uh, in the food grade form as well as charcoal are excellent natural teeth whiteners so you can get away from the bleaches that are in those toothpastes. So there's one bathroom item that you can do better probably than what you are now, but especially if you have little ones because little ones don't tend to spit out their toothpaste. We all know this. And swallowing the toothpaste is strictly prohibited on the label because fluoride, especially in those little tiny bodies, is dangerous if it is overconsumed. So a non-fluoridated toothpaste for your kids who's gonna, who are not spitting it out is an excellent idea. Let's talk about another thing that has to do with oral health that I think you should know about, and that's mouthwash. If you suffer from dry mouth or ulcers in your mouth, using an alcohol-based mouthwash can make these problems actually worse. These types of mouthwashes actually dry out the tissue in the mouth as they evaporate, causing more dry mouth and irritating sores in your mouth. You may also find that soda, red wine, coffee, and tea stain your teeth more easily if you use an alcohol mouthwash. Now, a lot of people don't realize this because they've been using the alcohol mouthwash, you know, Listerine or Scope or whatever for years. They don't realize that years of use has actually uh, made a lot of issues uh, in their mouth because the loss of protective mucus and saliva that comes from these alcohol mouthwashes can actually lead to an especially vicious cycle where your teeth build up plaque more easily, decay faster, and cause bad breath, leading you to use more mouthwash, which just makes the problem worse. Listerine and Scope, in order to make them shelf-stable, the manufacturers add acidic stabilizing agents. These are absolutely terrible for your teeth. The acid will actually eat away at your tooth enamel, weakening your teeth and making them more susceptible to decay. 
Also, they use artificial food dyes, uh, including green 3, which has been linked to bladder cancer, yellow 5, which is made from a derivative of coal tar, and blue 1, which has been connected to cancer in some animal tests. Alcohol mouthwashes also lead to lower nitrate production. A Swedish study linked lower nitrate production from antibacterial mouthwash to an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. Would you have ever thought that Listerine and Scope might actually create a problem for you cardiovascularly? So if you like a good mouthwash, that's fine. I have no problem with mouthwashes but you want one that's much more gentle than those. Uh, Spry makes an excellent one. That's another xylitol. Uh, Utah company actually love their stuff. They make a xylitol mouthwash that is very, very tasty and very effective and actually has some excellent antibacterial benefits because of the xylitol without having the issues associated with the other stuff. Also, a hydrogen peroxide-based mouthwash is excellent. There's one called BR Rinse. That's what it's called. Uh, BR Rinse, which is just brushing rinse. BR Rinse is a my personal favorite. It's made out of hydrogen peroxide, the food-grade form, not the stuff in the brown bottle, which is whitening, detoxifying to the tissues in the mouth, oxygenating to the tissues in the mouth, Really, really great stuff. I absolutely love it. And I love the toothpaste as well with the hydrogen peroxide and, and the, the xylitol, uh, as I mentioned. Uh, let's talk about maybe one more here. How about antibacterial soap? So antibacterial soap. If you see a soap that says it's antibacterial, run the other way, please. Just get out of there move on. You don't want to use that soap. Unfortunately, you're kind of stuck if you're in a public restroom because almost all of them are antibacterial. But we're finding that the triclosan that is in antibacterial soaps, in most of them anyway, is found now in about 93% of breast milk in American mothers. Is that insane? To me, it's insane, especially when you consider this is essentially an antibiotic. So we're nursing our children with antibiotic-rich milk that is a horrible, horrible thing. Washing your hands with warm water and regular soap for 20 seconds has been proven to do everything you need to do and to be just as effective except we're washing the bacteria down the drain instead of killing it. Killing the bacteria creates more problems. This particular triclosan is very dangerous stuff. Not only is it being found in the blood supply and the milk supply of American citizens because it's in such high use, but it is one of many things that is creating antibiotic resistance in this country, like I talked about last week. So, healthy soap. Now, you can get uh, soap at the grocery store or the big box store that is not antibacterial, but it's also not healthy. There are lots of petrochemicals that they're jamming into soap now, especially if the soap uh, claims to be deodorizing, if it has artificial scents in it, fragrances, things like that. There are really amazing scents that God gave us. I mean, things like cinnamon and mint. Those were given to us by God that we can put in our soaps. We don't need to put this bogus fragrance in there. This is great, great stuff. And so many other herbs and essential oils that can make soap smell and feel wonderful. Some of my favorite soaps, uh, we have one by a company called Oregon Soap Company. 
And it's called Soapman Spice. And I dare you to try it. If you're a guy and you don't smell that soap and say, oh my gosh, that is perfect for me. Now it is pretty heavily masculine, I think. I don't think most women like it for themselves, but it smells tremendous. They have a cinnamon soap that's fantastic. They have one specifically for eczema that's fantastic. All 100% natural, organic, no chemicals. And then we have one by Organic Fiji. I've talked to you about Organic Fiji before. They make the best lotion in the world. They also make, I think, the best soap. It's my favorite. I have used so many different soaps. And Oregon soap is excellent. So I'm sort of, I'm a little torn. I think it's about 50-50. I sort of alternate. But the organic Fiji soap is fantastic. It is made of literally two ingredients and it works great. And it leaves me feeling more hydrated and less dried out after I use it. So love that stuff. Uh, and again, I also love the Oregon soap. Uh, if you like a liquid soap, Dr. Woods makes a fantastic liquid Castile soap that is enhanced with shea butter. I love that stuff if you like the liquid soaps. Uh, so there's a lot of options. But basically what you're trying to avoid is anything that says fragrance, anything that says antibacterial, and anything that has any ingredients in it that you're looking at and saying, I can't pronounce that. I don't even know what that is. There is no good reason that I can think of to not use natural soap. It's a little more expensive, yes, but a bar of soap lasts a long time. I don't think it's going to make much difference in anybody's budget, and it's more expensive to not be healthy. So that's one thing that you can change throughout your house, healthier soap, but also in your bathroom, of course. And here I am running out of time again. So I want to talk about things like Icy Hot. I want to talk about what to do in case of food poisoning. Are there some natural things you can do for that? I want to talk about alternatives to Pedialyte and Gatorade. I want to talk about alternatives for Vaseline, alternatives for Tums and Rolaids. I want to talk about a bunch of stuff like that that should be in your medicine cabinet but our natural options, and that is what I will do either on a bonus episode of the podcast. I think that's probably where I'll put it, but I do want to hear your feedback on that, and uh, I might do another radio show on it. We'll have to think about that, but I've run out of time. I have nine, uh, let's see, 60 seconds left to thank you for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and I have hosted this show for Going on 12 years now, we've had Vitality Nutrition for 43 almost. And I'll tell you, other than my kids, I don't love anything more. I really don't. I absolutely love bringing this show to you. I love doing the research to give you the evidence that supports my conversations on the radio. I It's all just, I love it. It's my favorite. So thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate your time. Please find it as a podcast and subscribe and listen as often as you can. Share it with your friends and family. That's what will help this audience grow. You're listening to me. I'm Jared Sinclair, and this is Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. 
Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.